Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a quick shout out to our podcast partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, the Florida Coaches Coalition, and We Coach, three great organizations that you need to be a part of. Now let's hear from our podcast sponsor. Don't fast forward. It's only going to take about three minutes, and these are all great products. So uh, let's hear from our sponsors. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for their support of the podcast. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at to get started. Athletic directors typically only hear from that 2%, a disgruntled student or a squeaky wheel parent. And we need to hear from that 2%. But we also need to hear from the 98% that really support our program. It's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with your principal, your school board, or that squeaky wheel parent. Go to athleticsurveys.com and start taking the pulse of your student athletes and your parents. That's Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms. Uh, the industry leader in forms and registration. Final forms can help you communicate with coaches, with parents, your student athletes, uh, eliminate uh, coach headaches, uh, things due to lack of communication. Final forms uh, can help your parents with reminders about physical deadlines and all the forms that a parent has to deal with when they have a student athlete. Final forms can also help you uh, with all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes, somebody who gets it. To get started, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. Huddle is going to provide your coaches, your athletes, and you as an athletic director with the tools to help you compete at the highest level. Huddle is going to provide a professional grade solution to the challenges that you and your teams face. Go to huddle.com and see why we believe in sports because teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users and find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor scoring tables and video boards. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. We've got one of their indoor score tables, and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Once again, go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their products today. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds, and you don't need any design experience. Go to Gipper.com and use our code ADPOD10, and you'll get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Start creating custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online for all your events, not just sports, but things like school dances, plays, concerts, even graduation. They'll also assign you a dedicated client success manager that provides hands-on support. That's hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and check it out. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thank you to Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile is the parent company for a number of different platforms like Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We view Snap Raise with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you start your fundraiser. Go to snapraise.com to check out the entire platform. That's snapraise.com. And we want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Bring your school's legacy to life. 
with a Vital Signs Wall of Fame board. The Wall of Fame is an interactive display that sits on the wall of your school, highlighting the top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's so much more than that. The Wall of Fame is an extensive content program that helps you every step of the way, allowing you to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash jake for more information and to get 5% off your Wall of Fame purchase. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com slash jake. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're making history today. We've had uh, a ton of athletic directors and coaches. We've had a few principals. But today we've got our very first school superintendent. Our guest is Jenny Netherland, and she's a longtime coach, got a, a tremendous background in athletics. But she is the superintendent for the Granger Independent School District in Texas, uh, Jenny Netherland, welcome to the Educational Lady Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, again, we've connected, uh, you know, online. You know, you make a, a ton of great posts on Twitter, uh, and I thought you'd be a great guest for our listeners on on leadership and uh, you know maybe the importance of athletics and in, in the school experience. So let's go and jump right in. We always like to okay. let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So. Give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, you know, certainly that uh, sports background uh, and maybe some early career stops uh, before you became a superintendent. Absolutely. So uh, I am originally from Midland, Texas. And so if you don't know much about that, then you don't have to do it uh, much more than pick up the book Friday Night Lights. And so uh, you can find a little bit about my hometown and and how the love of sports and football um, just runs deep. And so that came very naturally uh, for for me growing up to be a part of the sports environment. I have been, I, you know, went to school. I was an Angelo State grad in San Angelo, Texas, and have really just traveled around the state, just teaching and coaching and working. And I was a head softball coach and, you know, stops down the coast and in Pflugerville and um, just working my way up in administration and as a superintendent, uh, principal in Midland and in Lano uh, High School. I was the high school principal there for four years and then went to, Salado to be an operations officer in central office. And then now I'm here in Granger. Yeah, again, yeah, just a, a wide variety of experiences. I want to jump back to uh, those high school years. You know, of course, you know, I've, I've read the book, saw the movies, seen the TV shows. Uh, let's talk about real life for you as a student athlete back in high school. You know, how was your experience um, similar or different from say that football experience from uh, Friday Night Lights. So I, I will say that Midland High at the time. So I'm a graduate of Midland High, but I was actually a principal at Lee. So that's kind of uh, it's a contradiction, right? I went to the dark side and became the enemy. And some of my friends have still not forgiven me for that. So to that, I'm very sorry, but you know, you have to, you have to go where, where you work. Right. So I loved it. And I just, I loved it. Um, growing up, I had, my brother was on that team with the Friday night lights with the flip. And I saw him, it was really an emotional time, right? He was, he was a junior and, um, that was, that was not easy. And Midland high had actually not been to the playoffs in a very, very long time. And when they lost that opportunity, that was rough for them. And then going back forward, like Midland high was not as successful in football when I was there and we were very successful in basketball. We were playing for the state championships in basketball, but Lee on the other hand was still thriving and going and, and, working really hard and and my cousin's year that was in 1999 they won their state championship with Cedric and all of them Cedric Benson and 
So really just being a part of that, I mean, it it's wild. And so that kind of gave me the framework of what it's supposed to look like when you're in administration and you have a really good student section. Because even at Millen High, when we weren't as successful, we were still there. We were still loud. We were still crazy. We would still cheer on our people and, and we just made the most of it. And so I think that being a good student body doesn't, it's not always reflective of the wins and losses. It's about the experience. Oh, no, absolutely. And that's one thing that, you know, uh, I, I would hear as an athletic director, you know, most of my career was down here in Florida. Um, when I was in high school 100 years ago, you know, a long time before you, uh, there weren't as many teams, you know, there was no soccer in high school, uh, there was no lacrosse. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so a lot of that student body, uh, nowadays, they're playing on other teams. And so they've got their own things yeah. going on. So it, it, it's a challenge. You know, you've been a, a principal, you've been a leader at a number of different schools uh, more recently. How do you help create that type of student body atmosphere, that great excitement in the gym or in the stadium uh, when your student, uh, your fan base has been fragmented because of all these other great sports opportunities where they can participate? Uh, any secrets, any uh, tips you can pass on to our listeners? So it's really important for me to create a crowd culture. And I, you know, I, I think that that is just pivotal and it starts with the teaching aspect, right? If it's not there, you have to teach them. And so, and then give them the why, like this is, this is important. This is, um, this is an experience and it's all about belonging, everybody belonging together. And so if they don't feel like they belong and, and they don't see the why that they, it should matter to them, that becomes, that becomes the problem. So, you know, I'll just give you an example as the high school principal in Lano, the very first student, like the very first day, my, my, uh, my meeting with kids, I had up on the screen and I said, this is what it looks like to have an excellent student section. And I showed them pictures from around the state of student sections and student bodies, right? And I said, this is the place that no matter where you go in life, these are the people that you will belong to. You will always they'll say, where are you from? You just asked me right now. I'm 44 years old and you asked me where I'm from. And I'd say, I'm from Midland. And I went to Midland High School. And that is no matter where you go, you belong there. And so creating that sense of belonging for them together and then showing them what it looks like. And then actually we would make them practice. We would yell and we would scream and we would have all kinds of like, they would do chants and competitions and, and every little bit of thing that we could to make it enticing and competitive. Um, they had to be a part of it. And, and it was fun like that. And it made it fun. Right. So you take the student body and then you create the atmosphere to where they need to actually it's conducive for them to do it. So we didn't actually have a seat, like a spot for them to have a student section. So we had to create one. Right. We said, OK, kids are going to be here. People are going to be over there. We, we did all that and and then we kind of gave them the parameters and then we said, okay, what's going to make this better? And so then you kind of pick out a couple of kids that you know are the, the trendsetters that are going to help you get it started, right? And then you get them engaged in the process and then they get more kids engaged in the process. I mean, we would buy those little fog machines and we would do whatever it took to make sure that they understood like, this is going to be fun. We want to make it exciting. And and we just had to meet them where they were. And and before you know it, you know, we had a little bit of kids in the crowd in Lano when I first got there. And then um, when they were playing for the state semis, I just looked up and it was nothing but a sea of orange. And they were just covered and yelling and going crazy. And I like, I almost got choked up sitting out there on the field, just watching it because I was like, that did not happen four years ago. And so it, it was such a proud thing to see that the community and the people around the area from alumni to just community members feeling like they belonged there. Boy, uh, almost a, a mini masterclass on how to create school spirit <laughs> and that, and that culture. Absolutely. Great mm -hmm. stuff. And, and you hit on the students, you know, making them feel a part of it. You know, hey, you're on the team. You also mentioned community, um, you know, very, very cool stuff. We're going to touch on that some more. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Jenny Netherland. Uh, she's a superintendent at the Granger Independent School District in uh, Texas. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast.
We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. One of the best purchases I ever made was a Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Uh, we use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and their boards in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Bring your school's legacy to life with Vital Signs Wall of Fame products. The Wall of Fame is an interactive display that sits on the wall in your school, highlighting your top performers, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the art. But it's so much more than that. The Wall of Fame is an extensive content program that helps you every step of the way, allowing you to tell more compelling stories that will better engage your audience. Go to the link, vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get 5% off any Wall of Fame purchase. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational Lady Podcast. We're visiting today with Jenny Netherton, the superintendent of the Granger ISD in Texas. Uh, Jenny, take us through a little bit of that journey as a building principal and then the transition from that, let's say, more intimate uh, setting to a district superintendent. Uh, you know, what was the motivation behind that? What was that like? Well, really, ultimately, the goal for me, when I knew that I wanted to be a high school principal, and that was that was the stopping point. That was the that was where I wanted to end. And then when I was in it, I just I was in a smaller town because I was always in bigger towns and bigger school systems with the in Texas, we call it the 6A or the 7A with, you know, 3200 kids plus and, and type situations like that. But I was in Lano, I was in a smaller school setting. And so that was um, that was really pivotal to see that direct impact that a superintendent had on, on the school system. And so when I wanted to make some changes and my superintendent at the time, he said, well, if you want to do things your way, you need to go be a superintendent. And I said, okay. So I signed up to take the classes and, and I started working in that direction. And I thought, you know, this is how I need to, um, because I'm a, I'm a change agent and, and I'm a, I'm a, somebody that helps school systems grow and excel in both extracurriculars and academics. And so those are, those are things that I really took into consideration when I was trying to say, okay, this is what's my next step, Right. And I thoroughly enjoyed being a high school principal. It was probably the best job that I've ever had, but it is probably one of the hardest. So I will say that I loved it. And then I, you know, I kind of looked into it and they said, okay, well, what are the next steps to, you need to go to central office. You need to get some experience at the, at the global level. And so I thought, okay, I've done athletics, I've done academics and what would be a good next step of something that would challenge me and grow me and, and that I would have to learn a lot. And so I took on a position in a neighboring district that not too neighbor, but close by um, that was a little bit bigger, that was over operations and that was over child nutrition and transportation and maintenance and those types of things. And so I, took that and I ran with it because it was, it was very new and challenging. And that was the one area of education I probably hadn't learned a lot about. And so now I, at that, after doing that, it was easily a transition into the superintendent role that I've kind of had a little experience in everything. And so it's been, it's really been uh, useful and I have thoroughly enjoyed being a superintendent, but I most definitely love being a high school principal. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm going to throw you a little curveball here. Um, as sure as a as a building principal, you were probably a little more hands on with hiring than you are <laughs> yeah. as a superintendent. Um, since this is a podcast for athletic directors, what are some things that you would look for during that hiring for an athletic director or maybe a head uh, varsity coach? Um, you know, what was going to um, what was on your must have list if this person was going to be a candidate for your school? So for my school, particularly like the, the per people who are not selfish, 
that is the number one character trait for me is that somebody who is um, really just in it for the whole. And I, cause you have to be a good teammate because if you're just all football or you're just all one sport, then you're not going to be able to be a part of a cohesive team. And I'm all about belonging and cohesiveness and teamwork. And so selfish people are out. Very good. Now let me, uh, uh, throw another operational question at you. Um, you know, Back in my day, maybe even your day, although you're a lot younger than I am, um, it was much more common to see those multi-sport athletes, you know, two-sport, mm-hmm. three-sport athletes. And now we seem to be, hopefully the pendulum's swinging, uh, but we seem to see the the year-round focus uh, much more than I would like to see it. Um, what were your, how were your coaches when you were building principal or how are your coaches now as a superintendent, how do they manage, deal with, um, you know, parents or coaches that say, oh, my kid's got to play year round. Uh, what What do you feel? So coming from a large school district, right? I was a player in a, in a 6A program. And so it was like, if you played more than two sports for us, you were the athletic pinnacle, right? And, and so I was encouraged to only play one sport. So I look at that from that perspective that, I did go play in college, but I really wish I had played more of the other sports. And so as a parent, I encourage my daughter to play all sports. And so I am very thankful that she has that opportunity. I encourage our coaches and all the people on the coaching staff to to allow kids the opportunity to play as many as possible for the experience. Now, we will have parents that are going to encourage that. We are going to be the people that are saying, we want you to, we are teaching belonging and we're teaching you to play for your town and for your team. And right. if you can contribute, you participate. And that's the goal for us. Now, parents are the ultimate deciders in what their kids do and don't do. And 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 we can't control that. But what we can control is the fact that we are not going to be selfish and ask a kid to just play one sport and or encourage that. We are going to work together to allow the kids to participate in as much as possible in what's good for the kid. Right. I, I love that. And that's what we tried to do too, is, you know, the, the, the honor, the glory of representing your school in a variety of sports. And, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to do year round, you know, that's okay. You know, we still love you, but you know, it's actually better for you if you do multiple sports, you know, take a break. Oh yeah. On the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great, great stuff. Uh, once again, for our listeners, our guest today is Jenny Netherland, the very first superintendent we've had on the podcast. She's the superintendent for the Granger Independent School District in Texas. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Snap Mobile for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to snapraise.com. They are the parent company for an entire suite of platforms designed to help you as a leader do your job better. Snap Store allows you to order custom gear for everybody in your program. Snap Connect is the secure multilingual family engagement platform. And Snapraise is their fundraising platform. We've used it with great success, and they've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com to get started. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy. Even I can do it. Go to gibber.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use our code ADPOD10 and you'll get 10% off. That's gibber.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Jenny, we've talked a little bit about your uh, athletic background, college athlete, uh, very successful coach and principal, and now your superintendent. But you also have a uh, consulting business, a search uh, firm 
where you help uh, schools and districts, you know, find, uh, you know, leaders, athletic directors. Uh, talk a little bit about how that came together and maybe how our listeners can uh, benefit from that. Well, I'll just say just from the hiring ex uh, experience that like I try to do those Zooms to uh, help coaches and so that they can they can get their resume looking a little bit better. They know what to prepare for the interviews and things like that. Um, I, you know, it kind of came about after I had helped, you know, a few schools kind of turn, turn things around. And I learned very quickly that through in, in my, there's a million one uh, ways to uh, take care of and, and grow schools. But for me, the, the fastest and the best way is to work the culture of athletics and allow that to permeate and create a wonderful, successful school system where everybody belongs. And so I, I just wholeheartedly believe in the importance and the value of your extracurricular programs in the and how that translates into success for the school system. And so that to me was, uh, you know, hiring has always been something that I've been able to do well. And so I, you know, just going through that process and I know from the coaching background that just helped. And so there was, I just saw a need. And when I was working with all of these um, superintendents that really, they, they just love the perspective and, and the assistance and helping kind of guide through and knowing people and, and what to look for and, and to see what they're looking for, because that's the biggest thing. You know, I have loved Granger so much and we have done so many good things here. And, and that's because I fit with our board and our community. And so, so many times coaches want to go places because they think it's a great, great place and great spot geographically. They're super successful, but it might not always be the best fit. And so when you see the, see how a community and a school and a principal and the towns and how everybody just fits and goes together, that's a beautiful thing when you can help people make that happen. And so really it's just a purpose driven that I feel like that's my calling to kind of help bridge the gap between academics and athletics. You know, that word fit, uh, I don't think can be overused uh, <laughs> enough. We talk about, you know, finding uh, the right fit for students when they go off to college or, you know, finding the fit for a coach uh, at the the what whatever level you know some coaches they're just wired for success as an assistant coach uh but yeah. maybe not as a head coach or as a middle school coach those teams that continue to turn out championship teams year after year after year many times they've got uh a coach that's been at that middle school or junior high for 25 30 years and we know who the real rock stars are right yeah coaching those kids right absolutely we'll do this at the end of the podcast but if somebody wants to reach out and, and pick your brain leadership wise or more from the uh, the consulting end, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, what websites uh, should they have on their contact list? They just need to reach out to us on Twitter. That's the that's the best form of communication through our Solid Oak leadership and and just kind of start with that, um, getting to know us through that and or bridge the gap and we can start working with them. And, it, it you know, the biggest thing is it's time management because I typically I help the districts and I work for the districts, but I try to help the coaches. And so that's just something that um, I try to help as many as I can. And then we do Zooms and then I, I speak at the Texas High School Coaches Association and I, I try to give as much information there as I can. And and I've always been very blessed uh, to have people appreciate that that information because it really does help. We I mean, they to learn the perspective of what a superintendent is looking for and bridging that gap with some of the superintendents that I've had on. I've brought on a good six or seven superintendents even recently that have just tried to, you know, just say, Hey, this is what we're looking for. And every one of them is saying a little bit more than what the other person said before. And so they keep adding to that toolbox. And when they, then when they sit in and they listen to that, that's good learning right there. So uh, again, on Twitter, solid Oak leadership and uh, bridge the gap, correct? And that's how they can help bridge the gap. Yeah. Oh, that's how they can help bridge the gap. Yeah. Solid Oak leadership. Okay. Very that's, cool. Yeah. Um, let's go and stay, um, uh, stay in the podcast here. Um, one of our topics, we always have our uh, guests share 
some of the mentors that have impacted them over their career. Uh, none of us get to where we're at on our own. Um, the expression that I use, probably use it too much, is for my mentors, I still hear those voices in my head. Uh, so do you have any voices that you still hear? 100%. So I, well, number one, my first mentor is my brother. He is actually an athletic director um, or head football coach down in Corpus Christi at Corpus Christi Carroll. And he is, um, he is my number one, right? I learned so much from him. He actually was my coach in high school. I mean, like when not in high school, but when like our like recreational softball teams and he coached my friends and he just fell in love with coaching. So how many 19 year old brothers, you know, coach their little 12 year old sister. Right. And so, uh, he, he fell in love with coaching. He just was such a phenomenal motivator for me and in our family. And then I, I was very, very blessed and fortunate. So my high school coach in, uh, or my high, my coach in high school is the head coach at Texas state university. Her name is Ricky Woodard. And she has been the softball coach for Texas state for a very, very long time. And she is, uh, one of the winningest female softball coaches out there. And I, I had her in high school. So how cool is that? And I was so blessed that she saw so much in me when I was growing up that I, I can't begin to uh, put together words to how much I valued her. And then, you know, everybody from my school nurse, I had a wonderful school nurse that just like took me under her wing. And then, you know, friendships that have developed through the years on the educational side, um, Dr. Nelson Coulter, Dr. Devin Padaville, Ms. Sharon McKinney, um, Mac Edwards and Lano. Those are all people that just poured into me that I, I, I would not be the same leader without all of them. Well, again, I, I just love to hear the uh, the the stories, the journeys, and and the people that have that impact. Just so very cool. Our guest today is Jenny Netherland. She's the superintendent at the Granger Independent School District in Texas. We're going to take another quick break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com. And they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays and concerts, uh, school dances, even graduation. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your events and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and get started. Hometown Ticketing. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the smart cameras, the mobile apps, and all the tools that help them help our athletes perform better. Huddle is going to provide a professional-grade solution for the challenges that you face as a leader. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and find out how to turn your school into a Huddle school. Hey, Jake, we use Huddle, and we do we, – we really enjoy it. Okay. Uh, again um, – I was really amazed at all the things that Huddle did beyond what I used it for as a football coach. And, and again, I, I know they're a sponsor, but uh, our, our coaches, our volleyball coach, you know, we had the smart cameras out on the field. Uh, you know, they, they just do a great job. So thanks so much for, for sharing. Um, let's go and talk about best practices. One of the things we try to do with the podcast is, is share great ideas uh, so people don't have to reinvent the wheel. We've mentioned you've got a tremendous background as a coach, as a leader. What are some best practices that you have seen or maybe you um, have initiated at your schools that you can pass on to our listeners? Well, you know, the first thing I think with best practices is knowing like who you're serving, right? And when we talk about belonging, I really think it's very important when you are trying to create and establish a culture is getting your community involved. And so that's not just the moms and the dads that are there I'm talking about the community. And so I, I gave my athletic director a shout out for 
this the other day and we had a storm that was coming through. And the very first thing that we are thinking of as a district, a school district, aside from ourselves and getting our building prepared and our kids safety, we're thinking about the the vulnerable community members. And so I asked my AD, I said, hey, can you go and make sure that some of the uh, elderly women in our community are taken care of for the freeze? And in his response was, I'm already on it. We already got kids going in that way. And so I, I don't even, that's, we call that see the need, meet the need. And we, we just know that we are here. We exist as a school system to empower our community. And so that is what we do. That is what we live for. And so when we are creating this sense of belonging for a school system and all of the in general, that's what we go by. And so we just try to take care of our people. And so if you're not doing that first, you need to start doing that because that's what school systems are there for. And at the end of the day, then all of the stuff that's relationship building and that's relationship building with the community. And then we start working on the collaborative side of things. And so there's a lot of best practices that I could offer, but if you don't start with people, that that's where you have to start. Well, I, I love that. See the need, meet the need, and you tie it all back into that culture of, you know, making the kids feel they're part of a team, you know, faculty, you know, everybody, you know, great, great stuff. Um, Looking back to your time as a building principal, um, was there coming into a new school, you know, was there something there that uh, might have been part of their culture that as a leader, you felt that, you know, we need to tweak this somehow, anything stick out for you as far as a, a project that you really had to sink your teeth into? Hmm. Um that they already had, I mean, when I came to be a building principal in Lano, they had, I was coming from this great big school system and it was coming down to a smaller school system. I think that um, they had a lot of really awesome traditions that they have going for them that lent themselves to success. And so I really think that as a school system that we just kind of took on the opportunities that were available for us to like connect with our community. Right. Um, and, and so I, I think representing and showing up at all the different events that they had going on and they, they just had so many really good systems set in place. They have a senior gala, they have, um, you know, where baseball, the tournaments and things and cookouts and stuff like that, that they do. I think when you're coming in as a school principal and you're meeting new people of new towns, the biggest thing is to connect to the community and what can you do to connect? And then obviously find out like what fences are built and then how you can, you know, what you don't want to tear down and then what you need to lend your expertise into building up. And so evaluating those things and seeing like, okay, what can we make better and really, I think the collaboration of like what was and the yesterday with what can be and talking about the future with the kids, when you start having those conversations, you can create a collaborative environment that lends itself to that. So, I mean, I would go back to like when you would hear people say, okay, well, what, what did we do? Uh, you know, like, why don't we do this? We used to do that like alumni. But I would take some time and I'd go back through the yearbooks. And I, I did that here in Granger. Go back to the yearbooks of 1920. Go back to the yearbooks of 1945 and 1976. And then you see the story of the community and, and see what was important. And then what can be like, what's important to our kids now? And how can that be bridged? And so that you can connect and relate. And, you know, we had a... Um, we had like a little photo booth where we had a, like had a, our letter jacket competition and we did a competition at one of the football games with like, who is the oldest alumni that came and uh, our oldest alumni. I mean, they were, they were, you know, like 86 years old and they were coming to the football game and they came and they were taking their picture and, and it was, uh, it was just such an awesome opportunity to engage the past as we move forward to say, we're, we're building a new school. We want you to be a part of that, right? We're going to bring this history with us. And so those are things that I, I just try to enhance what was to what can be and what will be. Well, I, I, I love that. And again, the lesson, whether it's a principal or an athletic director, you know, you come into that new job, you know, don't start tearing down you know, fences <laughs> or anything, you know, right away, you know, meet the people, build those relationships. Like you talked about, 
And uh, again, your journey, your historical journey there, I'm glad you threw in 1976 uh, there, you know, make me uh, truly embrace my uh, uh, years uh, uh, in history there. Well done. For our listeners, uh, our guest is Jenny Netherland, superintendent at the Granger Independent School District in Texas, you know, a longtime leader, uh, successful coach. We're going to take another break. I know that's shocking to our regular listeners, but uh, we're moving forward. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Final Forms for their support. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration. Uh, can really eliminate a lot of headaches that administrators have. Uh, they can also help your stakeholders with things like uh, reminders about policies, about physical deadlines, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can help your coaches with attendance and communication, even their coach certification requirements. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to someone who gets it, uh, a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Jenny, you and I were talking during the break briefly, and, and you've got a topic that's uh, on your heart. Uh, go and share that with our listeners, please. I, I just think in this day and age, we have had a hard time telling kids no and holding kids accountable and, and even on the parental side. And so I think that as a school system and as coaches and as leaders, we have to understand how and how uh, it, to best approach the, you know, it's okay to say no and, and to hold a line of accountability and have expectations and how to hold those expectations. And it's really just something that is all relationship driven from the get go, but it's so important to have a coach say, you know, if you are not handling your business, you're going to sit and you need to make maintain the expectations for your program, for your school system. And I, I think that the way to move forward for educational systems is holding the line and having a set of high standards and holding everybody to those standards. Yeah. Um, I retired a couple of years ago, you know, as an athletic director and again, a career coach. And it seemed like the last few years I had more parents in my office that were asking basically, you know, would you tell my kid that they have to study or would you tell my kid that, you know, they, they have to go to practice? And and I was just thinking, I had my three kids, you know, I, I've already been the parent, but it, it just, I, I don't know what it is. Do you have a, a, an explanation as to why we're, we're seeing this, you know, um, behavior response from our parents? Well, I think the expectations for schools has grown. And it continuously grows as, as society moves forward. The reality is, is that we can't control that as educators, but we can control our response to that. And the ideal, like, is if you're living in your purpose, right? If you're truly living in your purpose and you are an educator for that reason and or a coach for that reason, then that's going to be something that you are going to take ownership of and say, okay, let's go. Let's, what do we got to do? Right. And so if you are working a nine to five job and trying to be a coach in that capacity, it's not going to work out well. And you're going to see that that's not your purpose and that's not what you want to do. And it's not for you. Right. But at the end of the day, when we have to have our, you know, we have to set our expectations, we have to set our boundaries and then we have to do what we can to create good, good people in society. We exist to empower our community. That's what we believe in our school system. And so if we're trying to make, we're, we're trying to make good citizens and that's what education essentially is for, that's the, that's the goal. Right. And so if we have to, have conversations and we just need to be on the same team and we need to be consistent with our kids, with our staff and with our community. And they, I have seen that happen again and again, and that's how we turn this system around and we do it one school at a time. Let me go and ask you a question on that thought. You know, you mentioned that schools, um, you know, it's becoming, you know, much more demanding to be a student these days. You know, the expectations are higher. 
What are some things that you have done as a leader in your district or in your buildings to help equip coaches or athletic directors to meet their increasing challenges and expectations? You know, it's not just, you know, schedule the games and the buses and, and, and show up and supervise. There's so much more to the job now. What are some things that you've done to kind of help them do their job? Well, time, time and resources, like some of the sponsors and stuff that you talk about, like they, people have created, technology has created an opportunity that allow them to um, do their job uh, a little bit more efficiently, right? And and help them with the, the scheduling and things of that nature. And then I think the support, really as an administrator, supporting your coaches is paramount because, you know, if they want to talk through a conversation about like, okay, I need to have this situation with this kid and let's talk it through. And then they want to have this situation with the parent, they're going to have to talk it through. And then, you know, having them, letting them fail, the opportunity to fail both for kids and for your staff, um, where they're not as, you know, that they didn't necessarily do right. And then you support them to grow them in that capacity you are creating an environment where everybody can succeed and can take risks to innovate for the next level, because that's what it takes these days. We got to be innovative and we've got to continue working and supporting your coaches as they're learning to use all these resources, as they're learning to work with kids in a different capacity because they're we're growing and changing and society is developing. We're just going to have to support them and give them the uh, opportunity to grow and with a, I don't know how to say, but risk-free, right? Like they, they don't have to necessarily fear their job termination and all of those things if they're trying to do what's best for kids and best for the school system. Well, you and I have been visiting now for uh, almost an hour and <laughs> the overriding themes that I've gotten uh, is your, your passion about education, your passion uh, uh, right alongside about uh, educational athletics, about sports and supporting, encouraging, you know, the coaches and the ADs, you know, uh, I, I said it off camera. I'm going to say it now. I want to come and work for you. In <laughs> okay. This has been so, well, you cool. know, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Just so like my athletic director yesterday, there is, he, we're having an admin meeting and he's in on the admin meeting and he's talking about standards and we're talking about student growth and literacy. And he's every bit a part of that conversation as he is about the other conversations that we're talking about the send-offs for basketball. So those are the things when your your athletic director is on your team. He's on your team in every facet, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, you talked about, you know, the support, uh, the time that it uh, that you need to help uh, these leaders have. Great, great stuff. Um, this has been wonderful, uh, you know, meeting with you, our very first superintendent. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics, but we're going to take a quick break here from Athletic Surveys who sponsor the toolbox segment. When we come back, we're going to find out what Jenny Netherland is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. We'll be right back. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic directors typically only hear from that 2%, uh, that disgruntled parent or you know maybe a frustrated student athlete. And we need to hear from that 2% so we can make our programs better. But we also need to hear from that 98% that really love and support our program. It's a tremendously valuable tool when you're meeting with a parent or a coach uh, or with your principal or with your school board. And athletic surveys can provide that. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Jenny Netherland, a very successful coach, longtime principal, and now the superintendent for the Granger Independent School District in Texas. She certainly knows her way around the world of education and athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in their toolbox. Jenny, what three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? 
So the first thing that you have to do is you have to network and networking contributes to assisting you in number one, your growth and your development, who to call, how to call, you know, if you need to schedule a game here, there, if what's, what's due, what needs to happen, networking is essential to your profession. So you have to get involved in a good, strong network. And in Texas, we have the Texas High School Coaches Association. And so you have a network just built in as long as you're a member, member of that. Uh, the second one is that you need to meet with your administrators regularly. And I would say weekly, if not more so. Um, I know some that go do like a daily, hey, how are you doing? So that you can build that connection and that um, and, and understanding each other's jobs and, and what's happening. And, and so that you can be in the know to have that constant communication. So if you are not meeting regularly with your administration, you you need to start now. And then the last thing I would just say visibility, be out and about so people can come talk to you so you, that you can be aware. If you are an athletic director, you need to be at other sports and you need to be seen and you need to be supporting all, you know, I'm going to be at a basketball game tonight. And so we are going to make sure that we are seen so that we are uh, supporting all people in all programs. Um. Great, great stuff. You probably saw me scribbling down notes there. Um, you know, the visible one, I remember a number of times I, I came in as a new athletic director in my career and I'd, I'd be at the softball game or I'd be at the swim meet and the, the kids and the parents would say, we've never had the athletic director, you know, come to one of our events. I'm just thinking, why not? Where else would I be? I'm the athletic director. Okay. Great, great stuff. And I love the part about networking as well. Jenny, uh, one more time, if, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more, find out uh, how you do things in your district or more about your uh, uh, search firm and your consulting, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Well, if you want to learn more through the education system, obviously my Granger um, email and and go through our website and, and find us there or on Twitter. Um, if you want to learn more about the search stuff, that's more of um, that's also on Twitter, but it's through Solid Oak. So you can find me, Jenny Netherland, on Twitter and find Solid Oak on Twitter as well. Jenny Netherland, Superintendent for Granger ISD. Thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best moving forward in 2023. Okay. Thank you so much. For listeners, um, we upload all of our conversations to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Um, I want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, We Coach, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and the Florida Coaches Coalition. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast.